Well, joining me now on the phone is Elliot Richardson. He is the co-founder and president of the Small Business Advocacy Council. Elliot's a good friend of the program, and as I said, it's I think it's important we devote some time to talking about uh, the small businesses, uh, their access to capital at this important time, their access to government and local loan programs, and uh, and any other kind of relief that's possible. Elliot, thank you so much for joining me. Rick, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Well, I, I don't know if you had a chance to hear uh, Commissioner Gaynor uh, in the previous half hour, but she seems you know optimistic that uh, people will be able to access this small, more small businesses will be able to access this round of the Paycheck Protection uh, Program than that first round. Uh, is that your feeling? Well, I did hear the commissioner, and, and you know, I think she articulated it quite well. Um, yeah, there's optimism. Let's just say that small businesses uh, are, are just getting devastated right now by this pandemic, um, and the rollout of the initial PPP program, I think, was uh, was not, it was you know not well done. And this time around, there is cause for optimism, Rick. And that cause for optimism is, as Commissioner said, there are going to be funds set aside for community banks and for more local financial institutions and, frankly, for just more institutions uh, that can help get this uh, badly needed access to capital to very small businesses. The problem remains navigating the process is very, very difficult for a small business, for a micro business, and um, getting to the right financial institution to help uh, is also going to be a challenge. So I think there's optimism. It is, you know, very good news that the PPP loan program received additional funds, but I think a lot of us are worried that those funds are going to make their way into the hands of the small business owners that need them, and that small business owners are going to understand exactly how to go about this process and how to find institutions that will want to work with them. Well, it was my understanding in the first round that it, it didn't matter if you your business was a customer of a financial institution. If financial institutions could do SBA loans, they could do you. Well, they could. But, you know, the problem was there were so many people that were vying for these PPP loans, and, and they are so popular because they could be a forgivable loan, and that's understandable. But there was such a um, rush to try to get to these loans. You know, I think banks, financial institutions were overwhelmed, and it was these smallest businesses that don't have strong ties to a bank that really struggled to get through the process, to have their applications processed, and to ultimately receive the funding. And I think that's what resulted in the profound frustration you saw from small businesses when those funds ran out. And, you know, they're hopeful now. A lot of businesses are applying for these PPP loans that they're going to come to fruition. We're going to have to wait to see what happens uh, this week. We're speaking with Elliot Richardson, co-founder and president of the Small Business Advocacy Council. I'm Rick Pearson. This is the Sunday Spin.
Welcome back to your Sunday Spin. I'm Rick Pearson of the Chicago Tribune here in the WGN Skyline studio. Joining me on the phone again is Elliot Richardson, co-founder and president of the Small Business Advocacy Council. We've been starting out today talking about small business and the options that are available, the options that aren't available uh, as uh, they try to struggle to get through uh, this stay-at-home order and uh, the coronavirus effects. Uh, Elliot, do you think we have uh, actually uh, enough money in this go-round to satisfy uh, the need? I mean, you mentioned about uh, the set-asides for you know more local kind of local-based uh, funding out of the Payroll Protection Fund, um, but you know we saw how fast the the first round of money went. Uh, Treasury Secretary Steve Mnuchin is saying, you know, we should go slow. Uh, Perhaps no more business relief funding. Uh, you know, how do you, how do you see things moving forward here? Yeah, the first is that we really need to have a comprehensive strategy uh, towards. You know, the PPP loans are very important. There's no doubt about that. Um, and is there enough funding in those PPP loans to satisfy the small business community and every business that's struggling right now to keep their doors open? You know, probably not. Um, one thing I hope small business owners are doing right now is looking at some of these other programs that you discussed with the commissioner. You know, the city's got their resiliency fund. Cook County's standing up a program. The state treasurer has a fund with $250 million in it um, that, he, you know, they're trying to get out through local banks. And while those are not forgivable loans like the PPP programs may be, for businesses that need that capital, to keep their doors open and pay their employees right now. These are good options. Um, the problem is, you know, business owners have, have so much information coming at them right now, and at the same time, Rick, they're trying to keep their doors open. It's overwhelming. Um, so navigating that process is very, uh, very difficult. So, so how do you do that navigating? You know, I, I, you got to work with, with your with your accountant, with your trusted advisors. you got to get on these webinars. I know it takes a lot of time. You know, we've had webinars. The SBA has webinars. Uh, webinars are, you know, really good information. And then there needs to be a comprehensive strategy um, to keep the small business community going. And that includes access to capital through uh, lending. It also includes, you know, we're pushing, we wrote a letter to the governor asking for a deferral of sales taxes for small businesses uh, so, so folks can keep those doors open and keep some of the capital that they have and not forgive those taxes because certainly Illinois needs the money, but to defer them. Uh, there's things like business interruption insurance and policy that may be able to make funds available if businesses are able, small businesses, to get some money through their interruption insurance. There's all these different ways to help stay, you know, small businesses stay in business right now. And we really have to be looking at all of them and not just focus on one particular thing. I mean, it's there is no one-stop shopping. That's the problem. I mean, that's right. And so, I mean, obviously the work that you do and, and other, you know, chambers of commerce, local neighborhood chambers of commerce are, are, are vitally important for uh, the business community and those business owners. And, of course, everybody, you know, you got to take care of the regulars here uh, that, that, you know, keep these places in business. But it just, I mean, it does seem kind of overwhelming. 
Well, it is. It's overwhelming, and there is exactly. You can't just focus on one thing. You know, the, the PPP loans are are going to be extremely, they are important um, for businesses to, uh, to keep their doors open, but what other policies are we going to implement now that are going to keep these small businesses around four months, six months, a year from now? Because the economy is going to take a long time to recover. Um, you know, I think uh, the mayor was talking about, you know, we're not turning on the switch all at once. It's, it's you know, raising the dimmer. Well, we've got to keep businesses around during that period of time or, or when the light is, is fully on, you're going to see big businesses, you know, big boxes who are able to weather this storm and the small mom and pops go out of business. And nobody wants to see that. And, and that's why I think, you know, local business organizations are so strongly pushing things like a deferral of the sales tax um, and, and different things that we can do on a state level to supplement what's going on on the federal level which is, you know, these loan programs that they're trying to stand up, they are standing up, but, but the question is how much money is in there and how is that money going to get down to small businesses? And when you mentioned about the sales tax deferral, I mean, you should point out that, 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 that this is not novel uh, because it had already kind of been part of the executive order on uh, involving some restaurants and bars in the state. You're 100% right. It's not novel. The, the sales tax deferral went to smaller bars and restaurants. And, you know, I would argue that a retail shop or a furniture shop or any of these other local businesses need that same relief right now uh, to keep themselves going. And I think what the governor is talking about with, you know, curbside, now being able to pick things up at curbside, if that could be done safely and uh, in a healthy way because that's paramount, well, you know, that would that's good that can keep some folks going but the deferral of the sales tax is a really big deal you know you've got you've got property owners right now you've got this broken chain where you've got property owners who can't collect rent from small businesses who can't open their businesses right now and those property owners owe money to the bank and we've got to we've got to look at that as well and, and come up with some nonpartisan you know thoughtful policies on how that's all going to work um, so that we can keep this economy going. And as the commissioner said, you know, it's going to take a lot longer to turn it back on than it was to turn it off. And and we really need a comprehensive strategy here uh, to make that happen. Well, and I see, you know, even, and and I did discuss this with Commissioner Gaynor about the idea, I mean, it's kind of a two-pronged thing is, you know, when businesses are allowed to kind of reopen as normal or the new normal. Uh, you know, you've got concerns about workplace safety that didn't exist before. And then you were also talking about a customer base that it's concerned about its own safety. Oh, absolutely. You know, when people say we're going to reopen the economy um, quickly, I know there's a desire to do that, and small businesses want to get back into business. But, I mean, if they opened up movie theaters tomorrow, I haven't asked one person who said they'd go see a movie with their kids. Um, You know, there's going to be a concern about consumer safety that consumers are going to have. There's going to be employees concerned with safety and employers concerned with that as well, which is why looking at policies, um, not for what's going to happen over the next month or six weeks, but where are we going to be in three months? 
and four months. That's what we need our policy makers on a federal, state, and local level to do. Uh, so that when we're able to get back into business, uh, businesses are still around. Even on a city level, you know, deferment of permits, uh, making it easier for businesses who have to go home and work to work at home. These are all things that need to be looked at so there's a comprehensive solution. I've also been curious, too, about... uh and, and probably this is more impactful of residential, but certainly it's no, no less concern to business. Uh, what about some kind of property tax deferrals? Yep, I've heard a lot about property tax deferrals, and I think that needs to be looked at. And a lot of people think that that needs to be looked at. So the question is, we want to defer taxes and not forgive taxes. And when I say we, you know, different Folks are pushing policies to defer these different taxes. And then at the same time, you know, Illinois has had solvency issues. We all know that. Um, So striking that right balance is critically important. I think you may see some property tax deferrals, uh, especially, you know, for for in the business context, uh, you know, property owners who have tenants who aren't paying them, not because they don't want to pay them, because they simply can't. You know, if you're not open for business and you have no revenue coming in, um, how are you going to pay rent? Um, you know, and, and another thing that everybody needs to look at is getting Illinois' unemployment system working. Um, you know, that's been really difficult for people. And then you've got these gig employees. Uh, Rick, and these very, very small businesses and independent contractors who have had tremendous difficulty getting a PPP loan. And while the CARES Act allows them to file for unemployment, they can't do that yet. So, you know, you got to look at these people, you know, the wedding photographer, the fitness instructor, and say, what are they supposed to do? And and, and we've got to help. I mean, policymakers have to figure out a way to help. What uh, what are you and your organization advocate, advocating as far as how we, quote, reopen, unquote? You mean in terms of how quickly or the process? Uh, uh, both. In that- both. Yeah, you know, our we're advocating um, reopening in a concerted um, but safe way. Uh, you know, most of the, our members understand that to reopen unsafely is probably going to exasperate the problem. So, you know, reopening the economy, I get that question a lot, means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, so certainly, you know, if we can do different things to get business moving again, our organization is wholeheartedly in support of that. I mean, that's what we do. We want to support small businesses as long as it can be done in a safe way. But the backstop has to be good policy. So, you know, going back to business interruption insurance, other states have filed legislation asking insurance companies to pay some business interruption insurance to policyholders who have paid into this forever um, and never had to use it before. And there's different ways to go about that. So I think, you know, again, comprehensive way of reopening in a safe way with all of these different policy pieces that if they're put together uh, in the right manner, will help us get through this unprecedented, difficult time. And it's going to be difficult no matter what happens. I mean, 
all the, the counties trying, the cities working. You know, we've got state legislators that are trying to uh, that are trying to uh, help here. And we've got, you know, we've got these PPP loans, but it's going to take a comprehensive strategy to try to navigate this very, very difficult situation. That's Elliot Richardson. He's the co-founder and president of the Small Business Advocacy Council. Elliot, thank you so much for joining me. Rick, thank you so much for having me.